Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joe Sorrell is your host, and of course, my esteemed colleague, Gerald G. Glassford. The G has to be there with the other Gs. It just makes too much sense. Uh, I appreciate everybody's patience. I know uh, I haven't been here live for the pregame, during the game, and the postgame, but there was some preparation in getting this sucker together here. I'm very excited about doing what I've been kind of planning to do is going to do it much earlier than, than, you know, than, than now, but uh, sometimes you just want to get the right feel. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the intro. There's going to be some modifications with those, with that intro, a little bit more advanced, a little bit more pizzazz as we go on. And uh, I'm, I'm sure you guys are going to enjoy it. Uh, for those of you who think <laughs> this is going to be a, uh, Skinamax type show without the uh, nudity. Uh, I'm going to try to still stay within the realms of decency because we do work under the YouTube umbrella and I want to make sure that our financial situation in the future continues to, to prosper. So with that, welcome here tonight. I will be on at night depending on what games are playing. Or if there is, in, in fact, a, a, a need for a late nightcap show, we will determine that depending on how our audience uh, reacts to that. So um, going to the going back to, to the nitty gritty here, man. Uh, tonight, the Lakers beat the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder again, uh, 112 to 105. Uh, got an interesting gauge on this, Gerald. I um I went in I went into the game not having any feeling on it, but I didn't feel like it was gonna be bad. I don't know if that makes any sense. I know it's easy to 
hear that after the fact. But uh, it seems like the Lakers have the Oklahoma City number to some degree. It doesn't seem like Oklahoma tends to play well against us. Uh, Chet Holmgren had a difficulty playing against AD tonight, and uh, he was in foul. Even Christian Wood at times. Yeah, uh, I mean Christian Wood. Let's 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 give let's give let's give credit to Christian Wood. He's discovering something here this last week or so, uh, a little bit of a niche. Uh, very 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 excited about that because that's something this team desperately needs. The other thing is, I saw a very active D'Angelo Russell on defense. Uh, still, you know, doing certain mistakes that we we we, we wish we, he could kind of curtail back a little. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say that there is a little bit of a level up on 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 his play, and I I, I hope he continues to do that. And it, it does help. It does help. That energy sometimes does help, even if it means uh, a couple of you know mental mistakes every now and then. Of course, the best game of the year, at least from my perspective, in terms of uh, Jared Vanderbilt. By far his best game uh, tonight, and there's been a lot of discussion that he has healed. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if it was just one of those games where he kind of got out of his funk. But I'll take I'll take I'll take their word for it and say that uh, he, he might be healed, and I'm hoping that he continues to play the way he's playing. And then, of course, you look at Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis had one of his many really really good Anthony Davis games tonight. LeBron did his thing. Played a little too many minutes tonight, but we're at that point now, so I don't know if we're ever going to get out of it here until the end of the season. But uh, I was very impressed with the the energy. Uh, the, the defensive transitioning was good. Uh, I know that a little bit of Oklahoma City not shooting well played into that, but then again, we can take we're going to take what we can take. Uh, as of tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are officially halfway through the season. That was the 41st game of the year. I'm going to hope that we do not finish the remaining 41 games uh, at this number. I'm hoping we can go on a run here, but again, uh, trying to stay positive as much as we can, especially with this show being what it is uh, at its first night. And uh, at this point, Gerald, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question, and I, I know you went through some things with, with Sean and, and, and John already, but... Um, my question to you is, Is are the Lakers holding back in some way? I know that sounds weird, but do you feel like they're holding back still in terms of their play? I just think they haven't found a rhythm together. That's a lot, lot of it, but I still think that there are inconsistencies and you could even see it tonight i mean their offensive rebounding as far as what they gave up was uh not what you want to go ahead and do their defensive performance they were a lot better but still a lot of open threes were left on the table by oklahoma city they shot joe 49 threes tonight is how many they took and they just couldn't hit a pee in the ocean tonight and with the Lakers only shooting 8 of 24, God rest your soul, Kobe, as was mentioned by Intel Wild, it just seems like you, you could be right that they hope be holding back, but they're just not meshing as well as they did so quickly after the trade deadline. I just think there's some gaps that we need right now that have just become apparent that we need to fill. And I think that's really what will get it over, overcome as far as just filling some of the gaps 
that will allow the Lakers to go ahead and feel more complete. And I think that will probably be the key to us turning into a much better season. Now, you might be asking, why am I asking that question? Because I was actually wondering why well, myself. But that's a good point. That's a good Are point. they holding back? It, it just kind of, I'm, I'm sitting there watching them play. And then all of a sudden I see this energy and I see this decision-making on the player's part. And I'm going, what is going on here? Why is, why is it all of a sudden I'm seeing some IQ game here? Did it, did it just, is it an epiphany, you know, two nights ago and yesterday? Like, what's going on? Are they really holding back thinking, look, let's just get into the playoffs and we make a run? I really, really hope that's not the case. Uh, unless they're worried about LeBron blowing a tire, which that could be a possibility as well. I, I am in a I am in a position right now where I cannot decipher what to what what, what this is. I don't I don't really know what to call it other than uh, you are what you are in terms of your record. They're forty and forty one, which is below mediocrity. And seeing a game like this, seeing how they perform, there's a little bit of uh, you know initiative there, but there's also a combination of your opponent not executing the way they were supposed to. So I I don't I don't I can't really gauge what what this is going to mean here for the next week. I don't I don't really know where the Lakers go from here. And at this point, I'm taking each game as look, they they won this one and then are they going to show up again, let's say against Dallas. And then they have Brooklyn off after that. Then they have Portland and then they got to go on the road and play the Clippers. <laughs> um, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting analyzation of negative versus positive, reality versus fantasy. And at this point, I'm caught in the middle. I don't know anymore what to say, other than to analyze the games by game basis. To stick to the game by game basis. Tonight, I saw some energy from guys that uh, was much needed. Uh, guys like D'Angelo Russell, guys like uh, Jared Vanderbilt, uh, Christian Wood again has been showing signs of of, of some consistency here, which is good. Uh, AD has been playing MVP basketball. Obviously, if the Lakers had been winning a little bit more, he might be in that conversation. But unfortunately, the Lakers are losing too much, so we're not going to see him anywhere near the Embiid, Jokic, or hell, even the Shea Gilgis uh, MVP race, which I don't think Shea's there, but we know that Jokic or, or, or Embiid are likely going to be one or one and two this year, however that plays out. Um, to, uh, to segue from that, I want to I talk about uh, the end of the game execution, which has seem to be a problem with this particular team, the LeBron AD era. So when you were watching the, towards the end of the, the, the game and kept seeing every offensive rebound go Oklahoma City's way, what, what's going on in your mind there? Is it just simply the balls going where, where we never seem to be? Or is this something about focus again where the Lakers just can't seem to put their foot down in the throat of their opponent and ending the game there. Well, first off, the thing is they were very more, they were much more forceful in 
controlling the tempo and getting out on the fast break and getting out in transition, Joe. 21 fast break points to 11 for Oklahoma City. That is the game right there in a nutshell. Playing that defense solid enough inside, getting turnovers and getting out there. To me, it was more of an attention to detail and focus on that end. And on an offensive end, a little bit more movement in the offense. They're still falling in love with the ISO, but there was a little bit more movement in the offense and just enough to provide some creativity because still, as I said, the Lakers weren't shooting well from the outside. They found enough as far as when they went to the basket with Chet Holmgren uh, in a little bit of foul trouble, but also as well, just basically AD getting the ball inside and LeBron James powering the ball inside instead of becoming reliant on the three. He only took two three-point shots tonight. I think that's the key. Forcing the ball inside, forcing it in transition, and bringing up that tempo was really what got the job done. Yeah, I think the dives to the basket by AD, uh, I think this was probably probably the by far the best fast break uh, game I've seen the Lakers execute. It just seemed like they were ahead of the the defense almost all game long reminded me a lot of when they were winning the championship, that that was when they were at their best, when there was a track meet. The, the, the unfortunate part is that you can't have the LeBron you had then. It's just too many years has gone by since that, since then. But the, 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 the role players like uh, Russell and, 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 and Austin did their best to initiate the fast break and, and get, some clear lanes to the basket. And again, AD has been phenomenal getting space between himself and the basket so that he can get those dunks as well as those layups. Uh, the, the, the officiating tonight, and I, uh, as much as I hate bringing this up, but is it just me or were they not calling anything? Oh, they've been some bad calls that, that first call. I'm talking the blatant stuff. This wasn't, yeah. You know, there was there was push offs. Uh, there was stuff that they totally missed on the Lakers. That first call that they did not overturn that the Lakers challenge, that was a push off. He leaned in, he bent in, shouldered, and extended. Giddy did, and still didn't get the call on that. I thought that was absolutely a charge. And like you said, several times the Lakers did not get the call. You know what? That's both teams, Joe. Because that was the key to the game. SGA only got to the line five times and was 11 times overall where the Lakers actually got to the line a little bit more. But no, they weren't in the 20s and 30s tonight, both teams. It was actually a very close game. And at the free throw line, I'll take it, Joe. If the if the Lakers hold SGA to only five free throws when that is his game, getting to the free throw line, I'll take it. 11 free throws for Oklahoma City, 18 for the Lakers. That's not going to get it done for both these teams normally, but a lot of that was, like you said, was reflective of the fact that the they just weren't getting calls tonight. Can the Lakers finally get into a streak here of positiveness? Is the question. Can they go into or go into you know home again against Dallas and do what they did tonight? Is Dallas isn't going to miss those shots? Is no. my feeling. Can they close out better? Do they want to close up better? Are That's they the problem. They're not to... used to it. So what's 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 at what's at stake here? At what point are the Lakers going to figure out that you can't play this kind of defense and hope that the other team misses? This is not the 
90s anymore where they're not going to make those shots. These guys make these shots. So that's the, that's the worry that I have right now because it's just not likely. I have yet to see a Laker team play a team this year where they played a team that, that were not shooting well in back-to-back nights. The other team usually comes back the following night and or following game and, and ends up shooting the lights out. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible, it's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. I don't have any again, I don't have any feeling on what's gonna happen here this week, but the Lakers desperately need to get some kind of a winning streak here going. They gotta make up ground on what I believe has been ten games that they should have won this year. Should have won based off the talent they have, based off the fact that they have LeBron and AD practically playing almost every game. That's 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 necessary. It's just I, I don't I don't know where to go from here. But in the meantime, um, let's let's discuss what the options are going to be for Dallas. Uh, I think Oklahoma City, in terms of what went on tonight, it's been it was a very easy game to to analyze. Uh, simply that, that the Lakers had more energy tonight. They were able to execute better at the at the rim, uh, and then uh, their their constant uh, harassment in and around passing lanes was 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 phenomenal. You can't argue against that. And then of course you had Oklahoma City missing uh, several shots, especially open ones. Uh, but but Dallas is my worry now. Dallas is a team that tends to play way 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 above their heads against us. What are we going to? What is Darvin Ham going to do to adjust to that? Because I just, I'm hoping it's not going to be the way he played Oklahoma City tonight. Absolutely. Again, you like you said, there is a concern with Dallas coming up in a couple of days. Can the Lakers repeat this kind of performance? Because if you still give them open threes and open looks, one of these teams is going to hit. And you and I both know that that we've seen so many times this season where teams are hitting from the outside. And it just seems like every time we would finally get a break to go our way, the other team would score a three right after it. So the Lakers have to be very aware of that. Obviously, Darvin Ham does not preach challenging three-point shots to the point where anybody's worried about it. it for them, it's just like, hope and a prayer make or miss for the most part uh, on a lot of the three pointers today. And today, OKC, who's normally one of the best three point shooting teams didn't have it today. Our hope is that they can go ahead and just play good enough defensively. But the key is what are you going to get out of the backcourt of D'Lo and Austin? And can't they match up anywhere near anywhere near what, of course, Luca and Kyrie are going to give them on the opposite end. If they can get close, it's going to be very interesting to see what else the rest of the Dallas Mavericks can do against the Lakers' front line. Kyrie's been on a roll lately, and yeah. that's the last guy you need to be on a roll right now. 
who are who is Darvin Ham going to stick on Kyrie Irving? My worry is he's going to put Austin Reeves on him. Is this is this something? Uh, I'd say I'd say you're going to have Torian Prince. He's probably going to put Torian Prince on uh, Doncic, and then yeah, you're right, probably D'Lo or Austin Reeves on him, but. You know, and the thing is, they can't help on SGA. They did a good job on SGA, Joe, because whenever they put him on an island against someone, SGA would destroy him. He destroyed Max Christie, like I said on the uh, on the post game. He destroyed Christian Wood one on one. But when Austin was guarding him, D'Lo came over and he for help defense to try and get the ball out of his hands. That was the key. But you can't do that with Dallas because if you do that. On Doncic, let's say, you try to double-team him, he's just going to kick it over to Kyrie, and there you go. You've got to force it to where it goes to the other three guys and let, try to make them beat you uh, as far as that's concerned. Okay, the question is, is it going to happen, though? That's the problem. That's the key. That's, with Darvin Ham coaching, you know, that's – you don't know. You don't know what he's preaching. You just – you're concerned because we don't have any faith or confidence in Darvin Ham instilling that into the Lakers by Wednesday. So if you had, if you were coaching, what, what, what would your, you have to have somebody on Kyrie Irving. Yeah. At, at all times. The question mm-hmm. is who, who's going to be able to at least contain him. Is it a team effort? Is it shading a second defender on him? Can you do that with Luca at the point? especially if Luca's going off, how are you going to combat that? And at the same time, you have LeBron James who tends to fall asleep on defense a lot. Yes, because this of is true. whatever reason. These are all concerns that we have because if you go in to the Dallas game and you lose again at home, you're just eliminating the positiveness of tonight's win. That's the issue right now. It's not so much, okay, they didn't play well and they lost, but you're winning a game that in some cases you should have probably lost because you're playing the better team, but you didn't. You actually played pretty well all through the 48 minutes, but it doesn't help when you go into the next game, still at home, and then you get beat right after that. The Lakers desperately need to get into some kind of rhythm. Are, are they ever going to get into a rhythm this year? And what does that mean in a month? Are the Lakers actively looking at improving this team? I'm in that mode now. It's it's January 15th. We know what that date means. Now, other than uh, Jared Vanderbilt, everyone's up for grabs. So what are the Lakers going to do? My fear is that if they do go into a win streak here, then they'll, they'll rest on their laurels, maybe make one minor... Uh, acquisition and then that's it this team needs a scorer desperately and it's good i know it's going to be difficult i know it's going to be difficult even if you had assets it'd be difficult but what's what's the light at the end of the tunnel here i don't know i just i feel like i want to be positive but i don't feel comfortable even still in deciding that maybe this team might have a a a a a window here to, to to kind of get out of the funk that they've had in the first 41 games and hopefully run run the table in a way where they can maybe make up some of those wins or losses. I don't know. I'm just – I'm kind of stuck. Well, like you said, we're at the halfway point. And at this point, you need to go ahead – there's no more fun in games. You need to put everything out there 
because you're in 10th place after 41 games on the season. This is the time you need to make your move and you need to make it right away. Right now, when you look at the standings, the Lakers are nine games out of first place. I do not think Minnesota will be still at that top level. I know that Jamie said that he thought that Minnesota would lead the Western Conference, but I've seen starting to see some cracks in what Minnesota is doing. Denver's right there. They're only a game out of first place, and same thing with the Thunder. The Clippers are not too far behind, but while those three are battling, the Lakers could find a way to go ahead and get back into the 5th through 10th place right now. They're 10th. But, Joe, they're only four games out of fifth place. If they can go ahead and get on a roll, get seven out of ten, eight out of eleven, do something like that, they can clearly get themselves back into good shape in the Western Conference. And by the end of the next 41 games, find themselves probably, you know, with a good, you know, few wins here and there, probably find themselves in a position where they can possibly take fourth or fifth place in the Western Conference. Oh, man, it's such... Uh, yeah, I, th- I think first through third is out of the question at this point in time. They're nine games away out of that. So I, I, just, I just don't think that that's a realistic thing. I think they do have a chance with everything falls together to get back to fourth or fifth place in the Western Conference. I don't see it, unfortunately. I, I'm going to have to see how they perform here in the next couple of weeks for me to make an assessment that they're going to ascend. They haven't ascended at all this year, except for that brief moment with the tournament, which might be an outlier. It might have been just one of those things where the the pizzazz of it all kind of maybe turned them on, but Adam Silver was at the game tonight, and what what the Lakers have done is they've made that tournament irrelevant because of their losing. Yeah, and the league needs to, needs to take notice of that. the The league definitely needs to take notice of that because it it just doesn't. I, we've discussed this here for 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 a few weeks on the deficiencies of the NBA game. And the NFL has been having some major deficiencies as well, but football seems to be Teflon. I don't know if it'll ever reap the the negatives like the NF, the NBA does, but the, the NBA, if Adam Silver needs to kind of figure out some things here, I think what he needs to understand is there needs to be a major overhaul. If you're going to do some kind of an overhaul where you're adding a tournament in the middle of the beginning of the year to combat the the NFL, which in and itself is a stupid idea because you can't, just can't. There are Hall of Fame games in the preseason that have outrated NBA playoff games. You're not going to beat the NFL. But where you can help, and if you need a barometer, you can look at baseball, first half of last year, cut the time down on the games. And you're not going to help this by having 40-minute reviews. You need to get this thing quicker. You need to get the game probably into the two-hour mark instead of two and a half hours. And that's 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 where I believe you'd have more of an attention span to these games. Maybe, maybe you won't, but I know I know it's a lot easier to watch 82 games throughout the year if it's two hours versus two and a half hours. 
you're talking about a, a you know several hours of extra time that you're watching a lot of times just dead stuff dead balls too many fouls too many reviews uh this flagrant foul issue has got to be solved if you can't determine a flagrant foul uh, without having to go to a review for 10 minutes, then it's not a flagrant foul. That needs to change. And I know they're probably never going to change it, but if he wants to have more interest in the game, I believe those are the places you want to go. Uh, the, the, the league is going into a very interesting area. Uh, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know if we'll ever get the popularity of the 90s back. I don't, I don't know if we'll ever get the 28 ratings in the finals again. I don't know. I, I know there was a little bit of a renaissance when, when it was LeBron versus Steph Curry for those few years in the finals. But it's quickly kind of gone downhill. And I know the COVID year kind of put a damper on things. But I think Adam Silver needs to figure out something where he can bring some kind of interest because it seems like this these rules have, have kind of – ruined the few things that made the NBA uh, exciting. They had free agency as bar none, the number one thing in sports. No one, not NFL, not Major League Baseball, not the hot stove, not the NHL. No one controlled free agency. No one had interest in free agency as good as the NBA. Yet you ruined that two years ago. We saw some chinks in the armor. And it, and it continued this year. There is no more excitement. People are signing super uh, super deals based off their NBA, uh, all-NBA status. And this coming year, who's going to be the prize free agent? I don't know. I don't know. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious. And I'm, I'm bringing this up because I'm starting to sense some concern on the Lakers. Uh, if, if they continue to play 500 basketball, uh, we're going to not only be bored with our own team, but we're going to be bored with the NBA as well. Usually the NBA could be a backdrop on being excited about what might happen during the draft or might happen in free agency. And now it doesn't seem like anything is going to be happening in the offseason. So where do we go from there? That's kind of where I stand on that. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more because, it uh, again, a lot of decisions have to be made. It, like you said, it was nice seeing uh, you know him at the – game which is surprising i thought that adam silver would be elsewhere but it was good to have him there uh honoring uh martin luther king and you know on uh, as far as his day and yeah just having a whole slate of games it was good but again there's still a lot more that needs to be done i know the ist is his gimmick and then he doesn't want to mess with that but still i think there are changes that need to be made obviously you saw how much it has affected the lakers but that excuse is now gone and the Lakers have now got to go ahead after winning tonight's game and start on roll because there's still a lot more basketball left to be played, but the Lakers do have them do find themselves going uphill once again, Joe. So that's where we stand here. It's uh, it's the ever, ever continuing volley and then unforced error. You get a good volley, which is a good win tonight, and then you start getting unforced errors the the next games. But the Lakers are gonna have to go into this next few weeks really understanding that they gotta they gotta create some kind of distance a little 
from playing this BS seven to ten seed? You know, can we can we get to the fifth and sixth seed at least? Which is still going to be a problem, Gerald. I don't. The Lakers desperately need to have home court advantage in the first round. I just, it's a really taxing area to be. It is when you start the first two games of the playoffs on the road, and then know that you're probably going to be doing that for three more series. The statistics say that you're not going to win the championship playing that way. And LeBron playing 39 minutes tonight obviously is a problem as well, but we've understood that there's not going to be a change there. If LeBron's not on the court, it's impossible for the Lakers to stay consistent throughout a 48-minute game, which means they're – Possible acquisitions here between now and then a month could could be as important as anything. That's kind of where I'm at on that. I the the, the NBA ratings have been terrible from what I've read, uh, but I, I can't figure out for the life of me how these uh, cable and satellite contracts continue to get done. How are these guys finagling these contracts? How are they making any money when their ratings are stuck in the low ones, sometimes even below that? I don't. I'm not understanding the economic, the economics there. Do you understand that, Joe? It's again, it's hard to figure out. The only thing I can say is just whatever demographic that they're trying to reach the most. I guess uh, young men, uh, 18 to 40, uh, probably you know just, maybe you, including you, Joe, 18 to 45. Uh, demographic, the one, the kind with the most disposable cash, the ones that's ready to go ahead and spend their money. That's who they want to hit the most. They don't need to hit me. They don't want to hit up me or anybody that's really young in the game. They really want to get that demographic. So I guess as long as that demographic is high, still watching, no matter who else is watching, that's what they worry about the most. I... I'm I'm stuck at this point. I, I I guess I can understand that. The I'm trying to understand if the ratings are based off of the streaming as well. Uh, there's an interesting shift happening in media at this point. Uh, streaming seems to be uh, continued to be this new wave of of of, of broadcasting. And then at the same time, I'm starting to read about how a lot more people are wanting to get the hard copy version of of, of movies and things like that now because streaming they, is 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 becoming. Well, they also heard that a lot of a lot of places like Best Buy are are getting rid of physical media. Well, they've been trying to get. Look, I I'm I I got rid of my most of my physical media. Shoot. A decade ago, maybe even more, because more it was more of the logistics of it all. I didn't have enough room to continue to store these things. You have to dust them. You have to put them somewhere in a closet or whatever. And then if you keep buying more, you're going to have to buy more shelving. So what I did was I, I, I downloaded the movies. I downloaded the movies either through the media that I had or online some legal some not and but the issue with that is it's becoming harder it's becoming harder to the nfl did something this weekend that kind of weirded me out they broadcasted a playoff game solely on a streaming 
app. I don't know what happened with that. I don't know who decided to do that, but I thought that was kind of uh, a shrewd move on the NFL part to do that to people. Uh, forcing people to get these apps and it's all it all it's doing is you know when you when you create new media new technology you're supposed to make things easier but then i find out five years ago as far as five years ago oh we have hulu we have this we have this we have this we have this i'm like you just complicated your life it used to be in one area you'd get direct tv you'd get whatever cable is providing your area and then you watch whatever you watch there. Now you got to get all these apps. You got to remember the usernames and the passwords, and then hope the internet works. Uh, that's 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 too much of a risk for something to happen and then have it have it not work. I prefer to download the media. If you're not going to have the hard copy, download it. But then you have to have the memory to keep it right. So you got to. It's kind of like the hybrid versus the all electric. It's this weird thing because it's it's touching everything. All this weird stuff going on. Sports is a microcosm of society, so that's why I'm kind of bringing this up. You have you have uh, rental car places, Gerald. You know that world Hertz very well. Just canceled twenty thousand. They're selling off. Yeah, twenty thousand yeah. electric vehicles. And 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 I I heard just not too long ago that they had electric Hummers that are just not moving. They're not selling at all. No one wants yeah, I remember trying to move Hummers around uh, when I was in rental cars. Yeah, that was always fun. That and Escalades. Hummers, Hummers were already clunkers, you know, based off a lot of my friends who were big car guys when it was gas, let alone putting it in electric. So we're we're at this weird kind of area here in, in, in all of technology on what what is the next direction? What do we want? It's supposed to make things easier. When you advance technology, it's supposed to be easier, not harder. So now, what what is that in store? What, what does that mean? Let's say for the Lakers, what where, where does that go? What are we going to be doing here with 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 the Lakers once LeBron is no longer a Laker, and if AD decides that he doesn't want to be on a team that's not likely going to contend? Where is that next star coming from? Because I, and I'm getting ahead of this a little bit, guys. It's it's nighttime. It's I want to delve into something a little bit more kind of co- controversial because I think that's 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 kind of the direction I want to take the show. But what we want to start thinking about where where this is going to go, what is it going to mean for our viewership? The Lakers have had been with the Time Warner Spectrum uh, now that it's Spectrum Net, whatever the hell they call themselves. They've been there for what now? 12 years. The contract, I believe, was for 25. I don't know when they're going to – I don't know if there's a renegotiation or if there is an extension coming up. I've been looking. I haven't been able to find anything. But there, there is concern on my end, like, what, what happens? What happens here? Because it took how long for the Dodgers to come up on the sports net? It took a, a, a pandemic to finally make a deal in 2020 after all this time and it's it's i'm all over the i'm I'm all over on i'm all over the place on this because i'm i'm thinking ahead a little bit i'm just i don't i don't know what's next and i don't know where where this franchise is going to go next either we'll say we'll see my friend but uh just great thoughts in the chat man once again the lakers chat room 
Lakers fast break, the best place to go ahead and talk about the Lakers is here. Just, just seeing the comments out there. Just, just great. Oh, I do remember the Andrew Goldilock era, Kurt affair. That was so funny that that was a different time indeed. Well, let's, let's, well, since you guys are bringing up some cool, some hilarious stuff, um, who raised you? Uh, that's an, it. so the, he was his earlier thing was uh, Murray and Sadiq Bay uh, was going after him. I would I would prefer Bogdanovich or Capella and or both those guys along with Murray, of course, would be the. It just thing. depends on who you give up in those deals. If yeah. if you're gonna get those guys and you give up Austin Reeves in the deal, they're gonna put they're gonna want to push Capella on you because he's got another year on his contract. Okay, if that's the case, but the, the Lakers have to be careful to, to not get themselves in a lateral decision. They can't, they can't, they can't make a trade for the sake of making a trade and then realize they're just swapping different players and creating the same result. You can't, to me, Austin Reeves has his issues, but there is something there. There is a value he has. And the only way to trade him and have it make sense is if that, third guy is a legitimate third guy someone that if you stick them in a game four uh scenario and you're down one two you feel like this guy can go off that's going to be very very important it's going to be very difficult it's going to be very difficult to find that guy because somebody's going to want some of the talent you have for that guy if you don't have any assets, which the Lakers don't really have any. And that's the tough part. That's going to be the tough part on how they're going to solve that. Uh, I do have another question here, uh, Gerald. Uh, okay. It revolves around... Um... Well, just to let you know, if you let's just say you get the, the deal that I would look at, this is not, again, not the perfect deal, Joe, but if you go for Capella Bogdanovich, who is a veteran can get it in the clutch and Murray. If you get those three guys, that would cost you 57. You would have to get $57 million in assets and send them back to before you even talk about draft picks or anything like that. So just to give you an idea. Yeah. It's, it's impossible without giving up a couple of your big contracts. It would have to obviously be Rui in there. Uh, probably Rui and, 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 and D'Lo. So it would it, it would be Rui Delo. I'm putting in Austin Reeves, and well, they wouldn't want Gabe because he's got because he's hurt. Yeah, it's it that would be tough. That's it's you really are not going to be able to make the numbers work. You probably could well, only you could, get you two. You can trade them. Gabe if if you're if you're taking on a contract they're desperately trying to get rid of. That would be the Capella contract most likely. Yeah, because that's another twenty million on the books. So I, I, the, the Lakers, I don't believe want large contracts coming back. I think that's. It's not likely going to be a deal. It's just not likely going to be a deal that's going to put us over the top, in my my opinion. Yeah, it's it's it going to be really be hard. Miracle. Yeah, it have to be a miracle. But the question I had for you is: is is Darvin Ham at the at the point now where it's impossible for him to have any continuity in the starting lineup, and he's going to have to have different starting lineups for each game, depending on matchups. When is he going to make that decision? If he hasn't already. 
Well, it's clear he doesn't want to start Vando even and go back to the, the lineup that got them where they went to in the playoffs. It's clear he's infatuated still with Prince and keeping him in the starting lineup. And if that's the case, I think everybody needs to come to grips with that. But I think now you're starting to see uh, with the, I guess, what they've been saying in the press because D'Lo now all of a sudden, all he, wa- he, all he wants to do now is speak to the press Last week at this time, he didn't want to speak to the press. So it's clear that he and, and Austin Reeves enjoy playing with each other. So I think there's a lot of pressure now for him to use that as the starting backcourt going forward, along with uh, his favorite Torian Prince. The talking to the to the media is... Because he was mad this time last week. He was absolutely ticked off. It, 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 it's I'm not a big fan of the media in general. Uh, most people aren't, uh, although the the Lakers media are pretty pansy-ish. They don't really go after you anyway. So, what would be what would be the the the, the anger and the fear for them not to sit and talk to a bunch of kiss asses uh, in the Laker uh, media room? Who actually challenges? Maybe it's because I don't watch the post game stuff like I used to. But are you guys seeing something in those interviews? that would make someone not want to talk to the media. Obviously, if you have a bad game or it's a bad loss, you just want to go home. We've seen LeBron do that a, a few times, and we get it. But what are, what are they really going to ask? I haven't heard them ask any tough questions. Not like they asked Mike Tomlin today where he stormed off. I agree. I agree. I, mean, just... I don't know what these guys are worried about. The Genie and, and the Laker organization have jettisoned any media people that would challenge them. It's a very, it's much like a controlled uh, room. Yeah. They've made, they've pampered these guys so much that can they be challenged? Is there enough discipline there to answer the questions correctly? Probably not. Probably not. I don't, I don't, I don't see it. uh, We're, we're at, we're at that, spot in 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 basketball or should should say in sports where both sides have an argument it's no longer one or the other some will say oh you came at him hard and then some will say well they should answer the questions there's this weird balance that doesn't make any sense it's like you have to pick a side here you can't have it in the middle otherwise nothing gets accomplished uh yeah kurt affair was it was telling. I had not seen Mike Tomlin act that way before. So we're starting to feel here that Mike Tomlin might 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 actually be on the way out due to his choice. Because I believe the, the Steelers would sign him back. They'd extend him uh, if he wants to come back. But I think he might be seeing the writing on the wall. Again, this is the 13th season since Super Bowl 45, the Steelers uh, have just not been very good in the playoffs. Uh, they have only won three playoff games in that span. And uh, those those wins are not, when you look back at the quality of the quarterbacks they played against and some of the really, really embarrassing losses, uh, for those who continue to support Mike Tomlin as being a good coach because he hasn't had a losing season. Folks, if mediocrity is your thing, hire Mike Tomlin. 
but he has been an utter disaster the last decade, almost and a half, because his teams are constantly ill-prepared when it matters. Just to give you a little perspective, I believe the last four playoff games, they have start, they had, uh, there's a correlation here, which is why I'm talking about it. First quarter of the last four games that they've played, it might be five actually, 66 to zero. So that means the Steelers come into the last four or five playoff games and have scored zero points while their opponent has scored 66. That means your team is not prepared to play. And that is a Mike Tomlin staple. Y'all, everybody, Rich Eisen, Greeny on ESPN, all the kiss-ass chorus out there that are supporting Mike Tomlin's ability, you need to come talk to me face-to-face, someone who has literally seen every play that Mike Tomlin has coached. Every play. I have never missed a Mike Tomlin football game. Come talk to me, and I'll tell you exactly what's happened in the last 13 years. Before then, I call him the George Seifert of our era. I believe he was able to go to two Super Bowls because of the veteran leadership he had, he inherited. Uh, there was some value there. I'm not going to say he was a complete dud, but Mike Tomlin lost the Steelers the older he got with the team. He kept running a ship that just kept getting loose, more loose and loose, much much, much like how you kind of see how Darvin Ham kind of runs things to some degree. There is not really an authoritative figure there. It's more of like a friend. Uh, being a father, the, I don't ever look at my children as friends, and I never will. I am their father. I am their leader. I am their protector. They listen to what I say because they don't know any better. I don't live in a household where my kids have a voice like that. Sure, I'll listen to their issues. Sure, they have some some things they need to get off their chest, absolutely. But I make that decision at the end. It doesn't matter what's going on because they're not old enough to make those decisions. And the way things are going here, it's again, it's just you get that feeling like, is there ever going to be that 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 respect that you need that can take you over the hill? But I don't know. I don't know, Gerald. Where, where, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here, my friend? I mean, you're very frustrated as a Steelers fan to see what they've done, the reliance on sticking with Tomlin. And, you know, finish the damn question. Just give some generic response. Walking off when somebody questions your, you know, tenure and how much you might have left. You know what? Have the balls to sit here, uh, sit up there and just say, you know what? We didn't get the job done tonight. And, uh, you know, we'll play by ear. It's up to the it's up to them and move on. But yeah, just blowing people off when the when it gets a little bit hot and heavy in, in the press conference, that that showed me right there a lot of what you talk about when it concerns Mike Tomlin. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. 
Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. If if Harbaugh's smart, well, I know Harbaugh's smart. If, okay. if Dean Spanos can finally grow a brain, because that's the only team available right now that has a bona fide franchise quarterback who's got at least 10 more years left, barring any major injury. So if Dean Spanos finally grows a brain, throws a seven-year, $70 million contract to John Harbaugh and gives, gives him all the help he needs, that would be the spot I believe he goes. Yeah. And I believe that'd be the, the perfect spot. And they desperately need to make a move here. They, they need somebody to, 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 to make this thing make sense because they have a lot of talent there. And it's just, it's, it's crazy how the Chargers have just, whether they were in San Diego or LA, you just can't get out of their own way. Um, as far as the Cowboys are concerned, folks, that's another cautionary tale of what happens when a grown man is, thinks like a child. Yeah. Okay. Jerry Jones assembled one of the greatest teams I've ever seen in my lifetime. In 1992, 1993 especially. 95 team was okay, but 92, 93, just a devastatingly amazing team. And what did you do when that happened? What did you do? You felt marginalized because the person you hired took all the credit, which is hilarious because that's all in your head. That would have never been the case. You would have been the owner of the Dallas Cowboys who probably would have won two or three more championships if you just took care of your insecurities and sat back and let the people who know what they're doing do their thing. You're a great businessman. You make the Dallas Cowboys relevant in terms of finances. But in terms of coherent uh, football operations, you're an utter disaster. You haven't you haven't been to an NFC Championship game in 28 years. With all that business acumen, with all that stadium advancement, that's that's where you're at. And you've ruined Dak Prescott's talent. In, 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 the, in the long in the long haul, you ruined Tony Romo's. You know, those guys had enough talent to take the team to other places. But the problem is you marginalize the, the leadership on your team because you have to stick your fat nose into every interview pre and post game. And you're the star of the team. What you should have done is you should have just coached the team. And these are all different levels of how a team can still be successful from a money standpoint, but this is sports folks winning and losing say a lot and it can fall off so quickly guys. It could fall off so quickly. You don't believe me. Look at Philadelphia. They were mowing people down the first 11 weeks. Then they turned into the Dallas Cowboys. It's weird. I still can't figure out what happened. I really don't. I don't know what happened there. But anyways, uh, Gerald, I'm going to, you always ask me this question. Now I'm going to ask you, do you have anything else to discuss? (laughs) 
as of right now, I mean, I want to go ahead and ask later on this week on Inside Sports Fantasy Football. I do want to? I want to hear everybody's thoughts on the playoffs going forward. Uh, who are your picks? Then I take some time to think about it. But uh, the Lakers right now, this is a critical juncture for them, my friend. And it just comes to me, uh, you know, it just came to me now that that this is the turning point. This could be the turning point of the season where the Lakers start getting momentum. Okay, you said maybe fourth is, to you said, is out of the reach. But who's to say they're only four games out from, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, that, it, you know, a not I'm not asking for a huge winning streak, but a 7 out of 10, 8 out of 11 type deal, which is feasible, Joe, even though they're going on the road at the end of this month, it's still feasible that they can get this done. And if they start playing well, start playing together, and they keep that starting lineup the way it is right now, I think, or they pop in Rui instead of Prince, which they won't do because, you know, Ham has got a man crush on Prince, then fine. Let's deal with it. Let's try to go ahead and make the best of it. But I really think that, though, they need to get Rui Hosh more, a little bit more minutes. I, I agree with Sean, and when he is just adamant on saying that he thinks that Ham hates Rui, I just I can't understand it. 20 points tonight, uh, 20 minutes tonight, 15 points. I understand, you know, Rui and extra large doses of 30 plus minutes may not get you what you need to get you, but man, just 25 minutes a game. If you got him 25 to 28, I really think that's the magic number right there to read that could help this team a lot more and get maybe LeBron two, three, five minutes left than what you're playing because he played the most minutes tonight, Joe. He played his age. He played 39 minutes tonight. That is to me, unacceptable that you're forcing him to put his himself out there for 39 minutes tonight. Well, the Grammy trip is coming and they have to make a run here between January 17th and the 25th. They have Dallas at home, Brooklyn at home, Portland at home, the Clippers, Chicago at home. And then they play golden state on their, uh, for the, for the first of, Six road games after that. First of six road games. So they're going to be in Golden State. They're going to be in Houston, Atlanta. You know that Atlanta trip is always a bad one during this time of year. You got to play in Boston, New York. Charlotte obviously is, you know, Charlotte. But we used to have issues with Charlotte even back when we were winning championships. And then as soon as they get back from that road trip, they got to play Denver and New Orleans on back-to-back nights. If they don't go on a run here, I'm talking four and five game winning streak. If they win tonight and then lose the next two games and then win and then lose the next two games, they're going to be around this 10 seed number and they're probably not going to make it out of the first round. That's where the Lakers are at this point until they change these onesies and twosies here and there. They need to start getting four and five now. They need to start winning four and five games in a row, lose one, win three and four in a row, lose one. Otherwise, they're not going to get out of this funk. So that's kind of where I stand on that. And, um, again, I want to thank everyone for kind of doing double duty tonight, guys. This was uh, a show that I went back and forth during the summer on something I wanted to do. But I think for the channel purposes – uh, especially with the popularity of the show with uh, 
having uh, Sean and now John here and then having, uh, I was expecting uh, Laker Tom and, and Yami Sweet to be on uh, regularly instead of once a week. But this kind of opens up and spreads out the, the talent a little bit so that there aren't too many uh, interruptions between discussions. Because I think sometimes when there's three and four people on one show, sometimes things kind of get bottled up. But uh, we're going to continue to uh, uh, pump this up here, uh, everyone. Uh, it could be late night, depending on how I feel. It could be after a, a five or four o'clock game. It could be two times a week, could be four times a week. We're going to play it by ear and see how it goes. But I wanted to thank everyone for joining us tonight. Well, wait, wait a second. You still, as this is the Lakers nightcap with Joe Soro, I got to get a picture. You got to take a picture of you having that nightcap one of these days, my friend. Okay. Okay. Again, I, I didn't think I would use the, ner- the, t- the term nightcap, but I will. I will. I will pour. I will be like the ladies' man. And uh, maybe. Do you have the- a. You have like the robe and the pipe? Oh, oh, oh absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I, I will. I, no, I will play the part. I will play the part. I'll even bring a cigar. I think someone had mentioned a cigar. Uh, yes. I obviously yes. won't smoke it. Um, but I will bring a cigar. The, the key here is we want to add a little bit of a, a spice, if you will, to the show. Uh, I don't want to veer off too much off of the Laker uh, subject because that's what this is for. But I, I do think that sometimes uh, other sports and other activities in and around culture. People love talking about the Dodgers if they're L.A. Yeah, fans. The Dodgers, the Dodgers – uh, I guess the Dodger thing is 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 becoming an interesting topic. You, you've you've seen the hypocrites come out of the woodwork right now, uh, and I call them hypocrites because I I was following a lot of them during the chases of certain players, and then the second that they their team didn't get the player, they reversed their enthusiasm. You can't do that, okay? You can't be all excited about a player. And saying, hey, we're going to get this guy. And then all of a sudden, when you don't get him, say, oh, well, uh, they overpaid. No, 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 no. You didn't, you didn't overpay. Your team didn't or did overpay. You don't care what your team pays. It doesn't affect you. I mean, maybe your cable bill, maybe your ticket prices. But you have a choice in those things. You cannot use those 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 avenues to watch what you want or or buy what you want there and and kind of mooch off that so don't don't give me that bs but the dodgers right now are playing at a different level they are bringing in players that have immense talent and they've been saving up for this folks and if you've been paying attention to the last couple of years this isn't something that that this started this summer uh this was this was in the, this was two years in the making, and Shohei would have been a Dodger had the DH been implemented into the NL ten years ago. Know that he went to the Angels because they had the DH, and he did not want to be a position player in case he wasn't pitching. So as soon as that thing went away, we all everyone knew two years ago that that Shohei was going to come to the Dodgers, and then of course they got his buddy Yamamoto, and then of course the Dodgers are getting reinforcements as well as much as they can because they were down in the dumps this last year with no pitching and how the results turn out well my cynical side of this is that the one major problem is still there and that's dave roberts 
as long as Dave Roberts is making decisions, you have to worry about what might not happen, which is an important win. And being that Clayton Kershaw, who's the greatest Dodger of this era, is still kind of fiddling around on whether he's going to come back. And there's a lot more information out there saying that he is going to come back. The issue with that is I'm now worried that Dave Roberts is going to put Kershaw in a high-pressure situation and watch him fail again. Kershaw is done. Kershaw is a regular season pitcher in his prime, and he is a half a regular season pitcher now. He is not a postseason pitcher. He should not be on any postseason roster. If that's the case, then he shouldn't be a Dodger anymore. Let him go to Texas. Let him retire at home. He's still going to be an all-time Dodger great. He could st he's still going to the Hall of Fame. That's all that matters. But in my view, I'm looking at it from the now. Do not let Kershaw come back Some for the simple fact that you have Dave Roberts making that call. And you know he's going to make that call based off feelings versus this. He doesn't seem to get that he cannot pitch Kershaw in those games. So why, why risk it? Why risk bringing him back and allowing him to even have a shot at making that call? Because we can't afford it. He, I'm, I'm more worried that he's going to take Yamamoto on the fifth inning of a, an important game because he wants to save him up for the NLCS when he's in a wild card game. I mean, this, I just, I can't, I can't, th those thoughts go through my head. So Dodger wise, the Dodgers haven't done squat yet. And I don't trust Dave Roberts as far as I can throw him. I will enjoy the atmosphere though. It, it is going to be electric. I mean, it is going to be electric. Shohei is a star of stars. And we also have a pitcher that could be, one of the best pitchers in baseball. So if those two things happen and they're consistent, then I think the the Dodgers have a shot at making making some noise here again this uh, this year this year. Agreed, my friend. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, with all that money being spent by the Dodgers, uh, it needs to happen sooner rather than later. Well, I'm not looking for one title, folks. This isn't. This is. These are not moves for one titles. The Dodgers have pissed away at least three championships in this current run. Two of those losses were due to inept management. One was uh, stolen from us. And you could even say two were stolen because the Red Sox were cheating in 2018. Not at the extent of the Houston Astros, but they still were cheating. And uh, I'm just... I, 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 there has to be some payoff here. There has to be a dynasty in baseball isn't winning a couple championships. A dynasty is what the Yankees did in 96, 98, 99, and 2000, and then later in 2009. So the Derek Jeter era of five championships, that's a dynasty. Uh, winning one or two is not a dynasty to me. It never will be. And in baseball, it's much, much more difficult to win like that, which is why the term dynasty means something. I'm not going to, they were talking about how the Houston Astros were a dynasty during their, their run here. I'm like, no, they weren't. They won one legitimate championship. The other one they stole and all the world series that they lost. That that's a, that's a loss. That's, that doesn't mean anything. You have to win championships for me to call you a dynasty. You got to win championships like the way the Golden State Warriors did. You know, they won four championships in what, six seasons 
and they should have won five, but they they did, you know, three two of their guys got got jacked at the worst time. So there's there's a lot there's a lot at stake here, and uh, Friedman and uh, and the ownership have put their their necks on the line here to to get this thing done the way it's supposed to, and uh, now they have to put up now they have to put up some banners up in the on the poles there. That they do. That yes, Gert Affair, I am going to go to a Dodger game. Matter of fact, I got a gift for a game this year. I'm going to see if I can get the opening day one. I won't find out for about a month if that's going to be one of the selections. I think that'd be kind of cool to go to opening day. Um, but baseball's fickle. You know, it's a very fickle game. Uh, momentum changes in a heartbeat. And But when you have too much talent, I'd like to think that you can control that narrative a little bit more. Uh, but again, we're uh, the big red machine. Uh, that's a good question. So the big red machine won in 75 and 76. This is right after the Oakland A's won in 72, 73, and 74. I'd say the A's of that era were a dynasty. Anytime you 3 p you're a dynasty. Anytime you repeat, there's some discussion of a dynasty. You could say that if it's a back-to-back. But I think in my book, I always grew up feeling like four was a dynasty. Like you have to win like four, even if it's in a 10-year span. And then, of course, the question is, well, Joe, that means that the Lakers of the early 2000s wasn't a dynasty. I go, well, that's an ex- there's an exception because there was a three-peat. You cannot deny a three-peat. A three-peat is a dynasty. Would you Would you agree, Gerald? Yes. Yeah, three-peats are not everyday occurrences. Uh, and the Lakers were one Robert Ory in and out bas- uh, basket from probably winning four in a row. Because um, if they win that fifth game against San Antonio, they probably win it. They probably close it out at home in six. And then go on to face, I think it was Dallas in the uh, in the uh, Western Conference Finals, and then they would have met the Nets, which they would have probably worked like they did the year before. But yeah, it's a lot of what ifs, a lot of we'll sees and maybes. Uh, but yeah, as far as the Sean, as far as the seventies, that that particular era, man, you had some really really good teams. You had. You had the A's win three in a row. You had the Big Red Machine win two in a row. And then you had the Yankees win two in a row after that. And then it was very difficult for teams to repeat after that. I don't think there was another repeat after that until uh, the Yankees in 98-99. Yep. Greatest rivalry with Dodgers in the 70s, yeah. Yeah. uh, Looking back on the Dodgers' history, I the Dodgers – had a similar history uh, like the Lakers. They they seem to get second place a lot more than, than first. Their first title against the Yankees was in 55 when they were in Brooklyn still. They finally beat them in seven. And then I think they beat them again in 62. Um, was it 60? No, I'm sorry, 63. And then, of course, again in 81. Um, so the, the, Lake, the, the Dodgers were able to get the Yankees three times uh in their in their in their storied history uh but at this time I, I i if you had if you had 
asked me in 2017 before they lost to Houston, I would have predicted that the Dodgers were going to win at least two or three championships by now. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate that they haven't. I really believed that they were going to win in 2017. It was their year. We saw what happened there. 2018 was kind of a Buffalo Bill-like kind of showing where they came back and beat a Milwaukee team in NLCS that, uh, that they probably should have lost. And then, of course, they, they were up or they were down, what, 2-1, and then were showing signs of tying up the series. They were up 4 nothing until Mr. Roberts decided to take Rich Hill out a little too early, and uh, they ended up losing that game and then eventually lost it in five. Uh, a lot of, lot of bad losses in the last four or five years for, for my, our teams, whether it was in the World Series or just playoffs in general. I, I don't remember it losses like this it's it's kind of been disgusting how how, how the teams have lost i don't want to i losing doesn't sit well with me i i, I remember the losses i could tell losing sucks i i just it doesn't it just it's cliche but it just doesn't i can't handle it. it it really really eats at me and i thought as i got older it might go away a little bit it's actually gotten worse okay so anyways with that I will bring more Dodger talk since y'all love to talk Dodgers here. Um, obviously, football season being where it is right now, we'll talk some more football as well. But I do want to stick to the Laker talk as much as we can. I will let y'all know how this kind of plays out. You guys are going to see advancements in the show. You're going to see the production value go up and more and more. Gerald will be on regularly with me because I usually like to have a springboard to talk. But then again, at the same time, Gerald does need his rest. Um, so I might be doing a lot more solos as well. But I want to thank everyone for being here tonight, uh, again, on both shows. I uh, hope, hope we, you know, those of you on the East Coast and, and other parts of the world, I hope uh, I didn't make you guys stay up too late. hope the dialogue was good and it'll get better. Uh, but thank you for being on the show. Again, the, 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 the current generic name is the Lakers Fast Cap <laughs> or Nightcap. The Fast Nightcap. There's gonna be a there's gonna be a name, but uh, for right now we'll stick to the nightcap. Uh, if you have any requests on what kind of drinks you want me to bring next time or what kind of cigars, I will take requests. Again, I want to thank Gerald Glassford for being here with me tonight. Lakers win 112-105 against the Thunder. Let's hope they get Dallas next year with a win. Have a good night. If you all have any questions, please email us or message us after the show, and uh, we'll be uh, prompt on our. Thank you and have a great night.